BYU offense coordinator Aaron Roderick. And, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit of a different question here from, from camp. What do you think of the new uh, clock rules in college football with uh, the clock continuing to run after first downs? Good thing, bad thing? What, what do you think on that? Well, it doesn't really do any good to say good or bad because you have to accept it and deal with it. I think you're going to see fewer plays. You basically have less time in the game, so you're going to see fewer plays, and I think it's going to affect scoring in college football a little bit. I don't think it'll be super drastic, but you are going to see scoring go down a little bit nationwide just because of fewer plays. But you know, I think they're trying to speed up the game for television. I think it's mostly television-driven. I'm not positive about that, but... We're practicing that way. We're already we're doing team drills every day. Where we're we did a four minute drill the other day. Where you know you got to know that that clock is going to keep running outside of two minute. Did a two minute drill the other day. Where we practice the same thing, and it is what it is. You just have to accept it and play. When well, I bring that up too, because I think sometimes people think of great offenses as being these just video game like numbers, but still be a great offense and maybe win a game twenty one to twenty. This team's shown that over the years. Do you think? that's going to be maybe something that you see more of in the Big 12 because I think the outside narrative is always this is a offensive league, but they're, it's pretty good defense too. We want to score as many points as we can, obviously, and I think that the rules are going to affect scoring a little bit. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as what you see in the NFL, but I think I don't even want to try to estimate, but I think, I think it is going to go down a little just because you're going to get fewer plays. Uh, the flip side is maybe teams will try to run more tempo plays and try to get – you know, get those plays in there to keep their stats and their scoring up. We will always be focused on doing what it takes to win the game first. And as an offense, the best thing you can do to win a game is take care of the football and score points. So we're trying to score every time we have it and trying to get more points than the other team. That's that's what it's about. How excited are you to have Keaton Slovis showing off to Cougar fans and show that guy to the public? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, he's done a great job up to this point. And now, you know, we just it's a matter of in these next few weeks just fine-tuning things so that when we play in a real game, you know, we go out there and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him to go out there and prove that he's the quarterback that I believe he is and that he believes he is. And we have to go prove it. But we have the next few weeks to tighten everything up, and I expect him to play very well for us. Any chance uh, the backup quarterback is not – completely settled uh, going into week one or do you feel like you've already got a good idea of where that's at I don't really think of it that way I I think you just have to keep playing every day until it sorts itself out I'm not really I don't feel like there's a deadline on anything like that yeah I just we'll we'll see how it goes right now we're we're only seven practices in you know so there's a lot of work left to be done usually usually in football the cream rises to the top though the more you play the more the picture becomes clear. That's that's almost always how it works, but sometimes it takes a little longer. Is it pretty clear on the wide receiver top three still that those veteran guys that have been around are still kind of atop the wide receiver depth chart? I would say we have a top six, and then there's the, the top six are very close, and then there's a gap to the next couple guys. That's So we have... I think I don't want to speak for Fessy, but I, in my mind we have six guys that are in a in a rotation that play primarily those three or four spots and at tight end is is the backup spot a real kind of point of focus to kind of shore that up after Isaac Rex yeah we're having fun that tight end right now we've we've got a couple of new players that are playing really good and uh I don't want to I don't want to to uh put too high of expectations there but Ray Paulo is is been probably uh the surprise of camp so far 
very impressed with him. He's learning what to do, but he is a big, fast, violent, athletic player. Um, he's going to be going to be a really good player for us at some point. You know, we have Ethan Erickson's doing a good job, and then we have Tava. This transfer from Southern Utah is doing a nice job. Mason Fakahua. That, that's a fun group. To yeah. I'm, I'm excited. We're going to do some fun things with those guys. How'd you find Ray Paulo? And, and also, is, is he related to Joseph Paulo, the offensive lineman, too? Are, are they? How'd you find him? He's a junior college transfer from Southern California, and we were just searching for tight ends in, in the spring and got a hold of his film. And his film, it'll catch your eye in a hurry. He's a physical player. He could probably start a defensive line for a lot of teams at this level. He's, he's a very, very good player physically. He's very new, and we're just just starting to teach him what to do it might take some time but he's doing a good job and yeah he, jc transfer it feels like covid kind of created these guys like Rhett Slav, paulo that almost slipped through the cracks but they can play at this level i agree i think i think the juco ranks have sort of been forgotten by a lot of programs that look more to the portal i have a soft spot i'm a junior college transfer jay hill was a junior college <laughs> transfer you know i think there are still some good junior college players out there for sure, and you got to find the right ones at the right time when you have a need, and there's there's still a place for those guys. Last thing for you, Coach, uh, offensive line, uh, I mean, the, just seeing the personnel, the options that you've got, I mean, it's got to make it tough to solidify that five, but how many players are you kind of pouring through to, to determine those those five spots? I might forget somebody, but I I would say there's about eight guys. I think we have seven or eight guys that have started power five games you know and a few of them have started multiple seasons you know like you got like paul and Simi and kingsley and and connor pay talking about guys that are multi-year starters and then we have a few other guys like Braden kime and i'm, I'm probably going to forget somebody now oh Waylon, yep. guys that have been starters played a lot of games played played in big games and and so we're sorting through that group trying to figure out okay what's our best five or six or seven or eight and what's the best places to put those guys that give us you know you, you want to get your best five obviously but the chances of us playing 12 13 games with just five linemen is very slim so you have to have options okay this is our best five if this guy goes down who's up if this guy goes down who's up we slide him over and move him here you know it's you know you you have to work through all those scenarios through camp and that's what we're doing right now and there's some tough decisions but it's really fun and I, I love that group those guys are good well it looks like across the board you got a lot of tough decisions and uh, looking forward to seeing those decisions play out and uh, thanks always always again for the time Aaron my pleasure good to talk to you